here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, this is Leah Cook Bloomhart from Holiday World and Splash and Safari, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Arthur Levine from Above Theme Parks, and you're listening to Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Grace Peacock, Director of Communications at Canada's Wonderland, and you are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, this is Jake Coco from Rocky Mountain Construction, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and lend us both your Coaster ears. Challenge Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can dry up all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your host, Andrew Locke. Hi, everyone. This is Andrew, one of the executive producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast here. We've got a uh, special guest with me today. I'm looking forward to talking to him. I'd like to welcome Adam Floyd. Senior Marketing and Sales Manager at Wild Adventures Park. Welcome to the podcast, Adam. Well, thanks for having me on, Andrew. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Awesome, awesome, glad to have you. So I've already kind of hinted at, at uh, what you do for work and then how you relate to the, the theme park industry, but uh, if you could just go ahead, maybe tell us about yourself and, and what you do in the theme park industry, i.e. what you do for uh, Wild Adventures or maybe other jobs you've had in the industry as well. Gotcha. Uh, well, I, I'm pretty fresh to the industry, really. Um, I joined Wild Adventures in 2017 as the public relations uh, manager. And uh, over the past couple of years, I've kind of uh, absorbed different responsibilities. And uh, right now I'm uh, the interim uh, marketing and sales director. And so that's where uh, I'm at right now. Uh, so so here at Wild Adventures, uh, I'm you know a part of the team that puts together the the advertising puts together the group sales, uh, you know, uh, pitches for for businesses in our area, and uh, really kind of helps direct, um, you know, how we go onto the marketplace along with our uh, corporate team over at Hershen Family Entertainment. Got it. Yes, that's right. Uh, something that maybe a lot of our uh, listeners maybe not even realize is that Wild Adventures is owned by Hershen, of course, the owners of uh, you know kind of bigger parks like Dollywood and Silver Dollar City. Uh, both of which I've been to, also Kentucky Kingdom I've been to as well, all great parks. So uh, you're uh, part of a great lineage there. So. Yeah, Hershen's a, a great company. That's That's been um, well, one of the best parts of joining Wild Adventures, uh, you know, back in 2017 was being a part of that larger group at Hershen Family Entertainment. And uh, not a week goes by that I don't get to speak with, uh, you know, my counterparts at those uh, other properties. So I get to you know, talk to the folks at Dollywood and Silver Dollar City and even some of our aquariums like uh, Newport and Adventure Aquarium. I spent time with those folks as well. And uh, with Kentucky Kingdom joining us, uh, you know, in the, the past year and a half, it's been fun to get to know those guys as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the family is growing for sure. That's really exciting. So in the second half of the interview, we'll talk more about your your work there at Wild Adventures and so forth. In the first half, we're going to talk about you okay. uh, and perhaps, you know, your um uh, experience just as a guest, if you will, uh, you know, with theme park attractions and whatnot. So uh, we call it our theme park time machine, and let's go ahead and hop in it. So 
And we're going to go back as far as we can go, as far as your theme park experience. So what would you say is the first theme park attraction you remember experiencing? Oh, I have a very vivid memory of it and it's going to okay. date me. It's going to date me so bad, um, <laughs> but that, that's, that's okay. Um, when I, when I was young, I, I lived in uh, Lompoc, California. Um, my, my dad worked for a, out, out in Sunnyvale where they built the challenger. I, I may be getting the facts wrong uh, in my memory, but, uh, that, that at least what I was told growing up, uh, he, we lived in Lompoc, California that he was there when the, uh, the company that was building the challenger space shuttle. And, uh, so my first theme park experience was, uh, going to Disneyland, uh, of course. And I have a very vivid memory of being, uh, kind of led down as a child. I must've been maybe four or five years old. Uh, led down into the 20,000 uh, leagues under the sea ride um, and, and just kind of like going down and be very scared about it and like not knowing what this is. I just knew it was on the water and I get down in there and then I kind of, my memory kind of blanks out uh, after that. I just remember I rode the ride and uh, that I was scared about it. And then I like have a memory of climbing back, back up after the ride. And then after that, the only other thing I remember is uh, Mr. Toad's wild ride. So I have, the, those two uh, very distinct uh, Disneyland theme park memories from when I was a kid. Oh, very nice. Very cool. So, uh, yeah, you mentioned Lompoc. Isn't Lompoc not far from Vandenberg Air Force um, Base? I, I believe so. Yeah. So he yeah. he, he might have worked it close out, out there. I, I don't know. I was All I remembered is uh, uh, the, the, the Olympics happened and I got to watch the <laughs> the uh, the uh, them carry the torch by uh, on the side of the road when I was a kid and uh, the Dodgers won the 88 World Series uh, when we were out there. And right. That's one of the few right. things I remember about living in California. Right. So I mean, I'm guessing you're referring to the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was there for yeah. that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Because the Spatial Challenger was built right around that time. I think 83 or so is when they got it finished, roughly speaking, maybe even 82. But yeah. So uh, going to Disneyland back in the early 80s, that's pretty cool. I didn't go to the Disneyland myself. Uh, not be, I'm probably about the same age as you, uh, but I certainly was a kid in the eighties, but I didn't get to go to Disneyland until the early two thousands, just because I grew up on the East coast and didn't move out West until like the the mid nineties. But anyway, but yeah, that's, yeah. What's that? Oh, I just said, I got to revisit in, in 2015, uh, after my wife and I got married, we spent our, our honeymoon, uh, in, in, in Anaheim. And, uh, it was, it was so weird. Like how many other memories like popped in, like. I, I suddenly remembered the uh, Alice in Wonderland ride and I remembered going up, oh, yeah. you know, that, that like kind of like that second story that have, they have there on the dark ride. Yeah. Uh, it goes upstairs. Yeah. yeah. It goes yeah. upstairs. Like I kind of remembered that and like some other like memories kind of flooded back, um, which I, up into that point, my, my wife is a huge theme park nerd. Like she is huge into theme parks and I really wasn't. Um, but it, it was so powerful to see, the, the, how quickly those memories connected uh, from what, from when I was a child and ha like how much they just kind of stayed with me over the years. It was, it was, and this was back in 2015 before I had joined wild adventures um, and joined the industry. Uh, so I hadn't really um, fully internalized how, uh, how powerful those things can be. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's a good observation on your part. So when you said you did your honeymoon in, in Anaheim, was was the kind of the main attraction, the main reason to go to Anaheim was to go to Disneyland for your honeymoon? Yeah, I think my wife would be okay just if I described her as a Disney adult. That's uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> we, we got that. 
Um, so yeah, we, we definitely went to, we went to uh, both parks, um, a couple times, uh, you know, during, during that week. And, uh, we just had a blast. Uh, you know, it was the first time I didn't get to ride it when I was a, when I was a kid, I got to ride the Matterhorn and that was, that was a whole lot of fun for me. I really enjoyed that ride a lot. Um, and nice. then I got to ride California screaming for the first time, uh, and, uh, just had a good time. And of course, as a lifelong Dodger fan, as being a kid, I got to go hang out at Dodger stadium and do the tour and stuff there too. So that was a lot of fun. Nice. Very cool. Lots of fun, both inside and outside of Disneyland proper. That's, that's great. So your first couple of attractions, you know, you mentioned it that were Disney world as a kid or sorry, Disneyland as a kid, rather 20,000 leagues, what's now the finding Nemo subs. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned Mr. Toads as well. So both classic attractions that are still there in one, one way or another, at least at Disneyland. So uh, tell me, though, kind of going beyond that, I'm guessing neither of those fit into this category. But what would you say in your entire life up to this point has been the attraction that has intimidated you or scared you the most? Um, this may be a cop out, but I'm going to say like literally every single one of them. I am a huge <laughs> scaredy cat and i was i was one of those kids that um i would freak out every time um my parents would want to ride a ride i would start asking questions i'd be like does it go upside down how fast is this (laughs) Um, like what's going on and i I remember they tricked me um and see this is another memory that's flooding back i remember i was tricked twice in california one where we were getting on the pirates of the caribbean and i asked "Is, is there a drop they're like, no, you're fine. There's no drops. There's two drops. There's two drops that I scream my head off on as, uh, as soon as you go, you go in there. Right. Um, and then I think we went to Knott's Berry Farm when I was a kid, and there was the uh, one of the, the flume rides. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I was like, is there a drop? Is it going to be fast? And they, I don't know. You can look at it and tell there is. But uh, I guess my dumb kid brain didn't really process that, and I got in, and then I the 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 lore the family lore is that i screamed at the top of my lungs for the entire ride and the, the and just you know uh kind of terrified all the guests so I, I'm, I'm a huge scaredy cat like I, I i never rode any roller coasters growing up um i, I rode one roller coaster when i was in high school because i remember i only rode, rode one and it was to impress a girl it didn't work because I wasn't like no one was impressed that I rode the Riddler at uh, at Six Flags over Georgia um, in, in the late 90s. That wasn't impressive at all. Um, but it was the only one that I rode and I didn't ride another roller coaster for at least another decade. So oh, huge wow. scaredy cat. The, the, so every, every ride intimidates me. Um, the last time I went to Dollywood, uh, we got on the Eagle Soar. And as soon as I got in strapped in, I'm just like, oh, I've made a huge mistake. Why am I? Oh. And, but of course I had a great time on the ride, but my initial reaction to any sort of thrill ride is I need to get off. And then I, it, I have to just go ahead and experience to, to realize that I had fun. Got it. Got it. I see. So I'm kind of sensing here a couple of different ways. One kind of very directly, like you talked about when you were a kid asking your parents, all kind of quizzing them about the ride, it's upside down and, you know, drops and things like that. So it sounds like you kind of had this general fear of the unknown, which is a very common and you look to kind of eliminate that as much as possible by by taking the unknown and making it known, at least knowing, okay, it's going to go upside down a couple of times, or it's going to have this, this kind of drop or that sort of thing. Would you say that's kind of accurate that you're trying to like figure out what to expect? 
Oh, absolutely. I, like, I, I feel like I'm pretty self-aware when it comes to that stuff. I'm always looking to see what the, uh, the threat level is, what's my, my risk assessment in almost any given moment. So uh, that goes with life and with uh, any rides as well. I want to know what I'm getting into. Uh, this it. weekend, um, we're going to Orlando, and I've ridden everything in Orlando except the Velocicoaster. And so okay. tonight, before I go, uh, I've got to do a little research to see what I'm getting into. Like, is this, uh, like, am, am I going to black out on this coaster? I know that I've been told it's pretty intense, but like, I, I have no idea. I haven't watched any POV, POV videos. I haven't done anything. So I'm, I'm kind of debating on whether or not to go in cold and face my fears that way or do what I normally do is, you know, do my research and figure out what I'm getting into. Well, Adam, I'm happy to be of service. Okay. Uh, I live five minutes from Universal. Velocicoaster is uh, my number one coaster. Uh, it's also the one that I've ridden more than any other coaster in my life. I've ridden over 150 times, even though it only wow. opened last year, so over 150. So I, I know the layout pretty much by heart. You know, I can, you know, kind of go through it blindfolded, so to speak, and all that. Like in my um, head, I feel like you're like the Jamaican bobsled team that like memorized the... Yeah, it's it's kind of <laughs> like that. Um, uh, you know, I, it's hard. You know, obviously giving you advice and all that. It's tough to say to each person's different, but uh, it's a very comfortable coaster. Uh, okay. Definitely, uh, to some degree, in certain areas a little more intense. Have you ridden the launch coaster before? Uh, yeah, like I've ridden the Hulk. You know, I've ridden the um, you know the California Screaming, the the Incredicoaster. Oh, true. You mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. I've ridden a handful of uh, launch coasters. Uh, I think the um the aerosmith coaster and, and um yeah rock and roll coaster as well right the rocking coaster the yeah. uh mummy yeah yeah the right. mummy i can't remember is the hagrid's is kind of a a launch coaster as well right once you get hagrid's is as well yeah. yeah yeah so at least all the ones you've described there um the the more intense of those like rock and roller coaster hulk um you know the you know, those, uh, also you mentioned in credit coaster, you know, was California screaming. Um, those, those are not quite uh, as intense launch wise as Velocicoaster. Velocicoaster goes a little faster, a little more intense launches, not dramatically so, but just a little bit more intense. Um, but you, you won't necessarily notice that too much. You said that. Yeah. <laughs> you won't notice that too much because the first launch is two launches. So the first launch gets you up to about 50. The second launch takes you from about 40, 45 to 70. So it's that 70 miles an hour that's faster than rock and roller coaster, but you're going to already be going about 40, 45 when you head up to 70. So I, th I think in that way, it will be ideal for you that it won't be like, you're not going to go from zero to 70, uh, you know, directly, you know? So, uh, you know, so I wouldn't worry too much, but uh, it's a very smooth and, and it's not rough at all. It's very smooth, very easy to ride, very comfortable. Um, so, uh, you know, I wouldn't worry too much, but so would you say, would, would, are there any coasters that you've ridden or any rides that you've ridden where, okay, I get it. You were intimidated up front. Mm -hmm. I get that. Now you said you're scaredy cat. I get that. No, no problem. Um, where after riding it, you felt accomplished that you conquered and, and, and didn't give in to fear and not ride that you went ahead and wrote it. And you felt a little more confident about rides afterwards. Was there any any ride that sticks out like that? Yeah, I, actually, I think I have two rides that that I can speak to um, on that. You know, you know, I said I didn't ride any roller coasters. You know, like pretty much my entire life, I rode one in high school like one time. 
uh, to impress a girl that didn't work out. Well, uh, when I met my wife, um, she, you know, like I said, she's a, a theme park, you know, nerd and, uh, you know, she knows she loves roller coasters. And so, um, we kind of got to the point, we you know, when we were visiting parks that if we wanted to spend time together, I was going to have to ride these roller coasters with her. And so actually the, the first roller coaster I had ridden in, you know, over a decade was actually here at Wild Adventures. Uh, we had gone, uh, we had visited here uh, for a date. This was well before I started working here. And uh, we got on the Twisted Typhoon. Uh, I had never ridden that coaster before. Um, and it had, it has a pretty significant drop and, uh, you know, I was kind of freaked out about it the whole time. It's got the twist in the middle and I knew all that stuff was coming. Um, but, but afterwards, it, you know, it, I felt so much better about it. Like it, it was not something that was, that, that's the one I could, could say like that I, that I faced my fears on um, and I felt better afterwards. And I think it wasn't maybe a few weeks later that we decided to visit Universal. And then we got on the, um, the the rip i'm terrible at remembering coaster names i remember my coaster names but i can't remember everybody else's um but uh the 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 rip and rocket the the, the rock and roll roller coaster and at universal studios the red oh one. yeah hollywood rip ride rocket yeah so, rip yeah, ride rocket yeah. yeah and so that one that one terrified me like i didn't think it was you know when it when you go um you know <laughs> when they just put you straight up vertical uh that one i have never had more like mumbling to myself i've made a huge mistake i've made a huge mistake uh just lifting up into the air like that because it is very intimidating i think the only thing that kind of helped was having uh, sabotage by the beastie boys playing uh, that really kind of helped uh you know put things into perspective but after both of those rides especially with with uh, i wrote this in probably 2010 2011 um how smooth it was it was such a really you know good experience um, riding those two rides really helped me face my fears. And then I was able to do things like the mummy, which are objectively scary, if not, you know, intimidating, like some of the other, other roller coasters are uh, that I was able to like, kind of like get over those fears as admittedly a grown man, um, and, uh, and, and move forward with it. Very nice. So you kind of, kind of leapfrogged or kind of step-toed into you did Twisted Typhoon, actually, the park you work at, yeah. and then by feeling good about doing that and, you know, kind of accomplishing that and kind of conquering that fear, you felt comfortable enough to do Rip Ride Rocket at Universal and then Mummy, which, of course, Mummy has a big unknown factor because it's all indoors. Yeah. So is that kind of a good assessment of kind of what you went through there? Oh, pretty much. And I, I went through the Mummy cold, and so I was unaware of the fire room. And, oh, so uh, what yeah. did you think about that? How, that what was like your reaction I, to that? Yeah, like I lost my mind afterwards. I was like, "What the heck is happening?" Like, because you feel the heat, like the I mean, that jump scare where the, where the the glass shatters, and then you feel the heat. It was that was not prepared for that in any way, but it just added to the effect. And it, it, at the end of it, it just added to like the enjoyment and the fun of it. Like I just had such a good time on it, and uh, I was able to have. Uh, um, you know, fun with my wife and, and have a good time. And then, uh, you know, now we take the kids there and we, we have a good time with them as well. So it was really um, a, a steady but quick progression where uh, the, the more that I rode the coast, coasters, more that I, that I didn't let them intimidate me while I was doing it, um, that I was able to kind of relax and enjoy them uh, for what they were and then and be surprised by the things. I wouldn't have to look up what they're, what they're like. 
uh, to the point where uh, I rode Hagrid's cold and I did not know some of the tricks that are in Hagrid's. Uh, I'm assuming everybody, uh, you know, listening to the podcast, watching the podcast. Yeah. They, we're, they know we're, the tricks in Hagrid. It's been, it's been three years. So it's yeah, so. like movies. We're past the point of, of, of holding back spoilers. So go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so <laughs> going up, I mean, the, we wrote it the, I think the second or third weekend it was open. And so they're still working out the bugs. And so when we, we, we went up to the, 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 the point where you go backwards and we got stuck there for about five minutes where the misters were just in our face for five whole minutes. So that was fun. Um, but then we came, came back and then I, I'm a Harry Potter fan. I should have known what was coming when we got into the devil's snare, <laughs> and but it, it still surprised me. And so dropping through it, um, what was, was, I was like, wow, that, and at that point I, I had gotten over the fear so much that I could appreciate, like in the moment I was appreciating the technology that I was experiencing. Uh, I was like, wow, this is a really well-designed coaster. And, and, uh, it was a lot of fun and I wasn't expecting that and I, sh I probably should have, but everything was really nice. So I was able to move into that. Um, well, I wouldn't call myself a, a like a like a big coaster guy. Like I can definitely appreciate the 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 skill and the um, the thought that has gone into designing some of these newer coasters. Yeah, no, no kidding. So it sounds like you know you, you didn't, maybe you didn't give yourself enough credit earlier in that you know you did. Maybe you still are scared of each new ride you get on, but it sounds like <laughs> you. You kind of, you know, with Twisted Typhoon, that kind of lineage after that, you did kind of advance yourself where you could, like you said, get on a ride cold. So did, did that, you know, you, you you mentioned getting on, you know, Mummy and then in Hagrid's. So Hagrid's was after Mummy, you said? Oh, yeah, definitely. We we had um, we had been Universal Pass holders for, for several years, uh, and, and we actually still are, uh, before we, um, so we had rode Mummy, um, you know, hundreds of times i mean maybe not hundreds but at least dozens of times um before the the hagrid's ride opened um right so. okay okay so after hagrid's was there any other long kind of lasting impact you know going back to the rides before and i give back to twisted typhoon and so forth where you got you got on a ride cold or kind of were able to kind of advance past your fears more easily or did it kind of get lost again, if you will? Gotcha. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I may have, um, I, I feel pretty confident now that whenever I approach a ride, even though there might be some trepidation, I may have just some of those old uh, fears just rattling around in the back of my brain. They become a little, they've become a little less irrational now. Okay. So, okay. so like, like I, I understand that they're there and it's not, it's something that I, if, if I'm feeling nervous about being on a ride, it's something I can just be like, Oh, well, you know, that's irrational. So don't worry about it. Um, now when this weekend, when I get on the Velocicoaster, uh, I'll have to report back and see if any of that, the, the trepidation crept back in, in any more intensity. Cause I know that it's, uh, at least what you've described now as, as two launches that I have to deal with. Uh, right. Well, we'll see if that uh, causes any more trepidation. Uh, yeah, no kidding. So, are you, do you think you're going to look at a POV of Velocicoaster before this weekend? Or, I, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I think that um, the more that I've come to appreciate how much work goes into putting these exhibits on it, it's something that I, I perhaps didn't appreciate as much until I got into the industry. Um, 
going in cold and experiencing it as a guest for the first time, the way that the engineers and the artists um, hoped you would experience it. Like to, to me that um, there's something to that. So I kind of, I kind of want to leave it like that and experience for the first time that way. Now I imagine going at 70 miles an hour, there's going to be a lot that I'm going to miss. So probably after I write it, I'll go back and check out a POV and see if there are little things that I've missed. Right, right, right. Of course. So I'm going to guess that the atom of what say five years ago before writing, uh, you know, all the coasters we talked about, you know, leading up to your rip ride rocket and, and you know, then mummy and then Hagrid's and so forth. So that, you know, back before all of that, that you would not be as easily jumping on a Velocicoaster now. Like if you hadn't gone through those experiences, you would be, you know, probably asking questions and looking at POVs, right? Absolutely. If, if I had yeah. not gone through that kind of like transformation over the past 10 years, um, I would definitely be the guy sitting on the bench holding everybody's bags. Like, right. you know, have fun, right. enjoy yourself. I'm going to be right here on my phone. I'll, I'll keep your souvenir cup safe. It's, we're going to be fine. Right. Yeah, I, I right. definitely like that. It would, it would have been an, a, like a non-starter. Like I would not have even entertained the idea of riding oh. the Hossa Coaster. Okay. Okay. So, so it sounds like your life has, has gotten better, you know, starting with Wizard Typhoon there at, the, at, at Wild Adventures at the park you work at that you were able to kind of make things better for you in the theme park realm, especially when it comes to coasters. So, you know, can you think of any other ways that kind of conquering your fear, kind of having these, like, these small successes and accomplishments, you know, from coaster to coaster to coaster has, has you know, conquering your fears in this way uh, impacted your life in any other ways that you can think of? You know, I, I bet you can probably draw a line, um, but but between those things that are that are seemingly unconnected, then that perhaps be because uh, over the past ten years, um, like I'm in a very different place now than I was ten years ago. Like ten years ago, I was a, a high school English teacher um, that uh, mm -hmm. that did uh, a, I did a radio gigs on the on the side. I, I was also a radio DJ for for a long time. Um, oh wow. I would moonlight as a radio DJ while I was teaching high school English. And then after that, like, you know, I decided to move into um, a newspaper. Um, I was a journalist for a few years and then I moved into wild adventures doing public relations. And then now I'm, I'm the, the acting marketing director. So uh, you, you can definitely see like a, when, when you, when you're a teacher, when you're working, you know, essentially for the government, there's a lot of, um, security there. There's a lot of uh, knowns when, right. you, when you're working there. And so stepping out of that and moving into uh, new, um, new industries, new, new, new jobs, and not really knowing where you're going to go with it and being a little more okay with that, being um, a little less risk averse and, and seeing where you can go. Um, that that's definitely where I've moved over the past 10 years. And so uh, you could draw those connections between, you know, riding because uh, I'm, I'm riding more and more uh, roller coasters over the past decade while these other things in my life are happening. So they're kind of happening right. concurrently. Don't know which one's the chicken or the egg in that situation, but they're definitely happening at the same time. Right. No, that's very good deduction on your part and not surprising at all, given uh, my own personal experiences uh, as well as uh, my 
the connections that I have with various uh, enthusiasts, coaster enthusiast friends, as well as all the interviews I've done on this podcast, uh, some of which has been with some friends of mine that have, uh, I've talked to, and, you know, to be on the podcast, and also people I've never met before, like yourself. And with all of these conversations, all these people I've talked to, the it's always the same trend. And it's what's made me kind of talk about fear as in the, in the, in the same way as a muscle where, you know, if, if you work out at the gym or even at home or, you know, wherever it may be and, and do strength exercises or lift weights, you're going to make your muscles stronger. Fear, of course, is a product of the mind. And it's, it's you know, part of your thinking and how your mind works. And if you work on facing fear, like a muscle, if you exercise in that way, you get better at facing it in the future and other things, not to say that same thing you already faced all over again, it's this fear in general. And that's a great thing because if you look at the human condition, the negative things that can happen in life, you know, the things that we are in control of, okay, because obviously you can walk across the street and get hit by a bus, you know, you can't really control that, you know, other than looking more carefully or not avoiding crossing streets and things like that. But in terms of things that you can control, you know, your thinking and positive thinking versus negative thinking, that's the biggest one right there, being a positive person. Well, one of the easiest ways to not be positive or to be, get caught being in, in negativity, being negative is fear, anxiety, those kind of negative things. And they lead to other negative things as well and negative habits. So it thankfully for us, humans and how biology works by facing fear it sure seems like we get better facing it in the future so granted i get it that you're not a coaster enthusiast when you and i talked before scheduling this interview you said well i'm not really a coaster person i said that's fine you know with coaster enthusiasts yeah we're facing fear in big ways and we, we see this result where we're just fearless in general but it's really encouraging to see with someone like yourself who identifies as a security cat that <laughs> You've had these successes that I kind of helped pull out of here in this conversation, and you've seen a difference as a result of that. You know, you've been able to take some risks with your career and feel better about it than you would have beforehand. So um, if anything, uh, Adam, take this, and maybe what you've maybe learned a little bit about yourself today as a advice that, hey, okay, if I, even if I face fear in small ways, it seems like it can help me. And yeah, maybe I won't look at that POV before getting a Velocicoaster. And in that way, I can appreciate what the uh, Universal Creative and the designers, Intamin, who designed the coaster, you know, what they had in mind and get the full experience, that, that full first experience that first time. And by the way, I can relate to that because as much of a, of a coaster fan as I am, I don't watch POVs before I get on a coaster. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've done in the past. And I've realized it ruins the first experience, which is that magical first time, the unknown in a good way. Yes. So, um, yeah, so I'm glad to see that, you know, because Velocicoaster is incredible, uh, the theming of it. And again, I'm not going to give away things here like we talked about with Hagrid's. Um, so you can enjoy that first ride. So I'm glad that you've advanced yourself to the point where you can have that kind of blank first ride, you know, uh, you know non-spoiled first ride. So... And it's great to see it's helped you in other areas as well, like you said, with changing your career. So, so give yourself more credit than I think maybe you've been giving uh -huh. yourself. I guess is the is the one of the rules of uh, one of the one of the things we learned here. But, but um, would you say that? I mean, probably an easy one is well, it's your it's your it's your current job. But would you say that 
theme parks have had any other significant impact on your life? Now, this goes beyond fear, you know, and facing fear, just theme parks in general. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I, I know it's all kind of like per- personal family stuff, I guess, but you know, sure. uh, my, my wife and I, when we were dating, um, we spent a lot of time, you know, you know, before I worked at Wild Adventures, we spent a lot of time visiting here. Uh, we spent a lot of time in Orlando. Um, you know, I actually have a, a, a tattoo um, right here that is the the symbol of the land uh, from Epcot uh, because we spent um, we spent so much time at Epcot that that ended up being kind of one of our favorite parks to visit in Orlando uh, because it you know you can just walk around, talk, have a good time, um, and uh, we we both enjoy riding living with the land, which is probably the if you had to find the exact opposite of a roller coaster it would be living <laughs> living with the land so that that's the that's the ride as a kid i'd be like oh, sign me up for that one i uh, like i'm i'm fine with a, a boat ride past plants um so we kind of like courted and and you know we, we our, our relationship kind of grew over uh taking those trips and now um you know not now but like over the years too we you know we've brought my kids through um, they, they've kind of grew, grown up in here at Wild Adventures and, and in Orlando as well. Uh, you know, they've gotten they visited Universal Studios and Wild Adventures so much that if we go visit for the weekend and, and if we have to ride, wait more than thirty minutes for a ride, we're just like, no, thank you. Um, we, you know, <laughs> you know, we can just get really hoity-toity about it, and we'll we'll just move on to the next thing because they, they've gotten to ride it so much. And what I've seen in them, uh, my children, is that. Uh, they don't have the same kind of fears that, you know, that I had when I was their age, uh, because I gave them those opportunities to kind of face them repeatedly. And right. at, at, at first they, you know, there would be some trepidation and fear. Um, but like my, my little, littlest one, my daughter, uh, you know, she was kind of this, the natural scaredy cat in, in the family and she faced them Im- Im- immediately. Like she was very scared. I'm trying to remember what her first roller coaster was. It was a universal I don't remember which one it was. Um, it, it was probably um, the the Woody Woodpecker roller coaster, which we actually have that that coaster here at Wild Adventures as well, uh, the, right. the Outpost Express. Um, but I, I kind of remember we went down for a New Year's Eve event, and we were watching the fireworks at New Year's Eve, and everybody was um, you know just enjoying it, and then they were getting ready to leave, and she kind of like tugged on my my shoulder and was like. Hey, can we go ride the Woody Woodpecker ride? And she hadn't ridden it yet, and she had not wanted to ride any roller coasters. And so, one of the things I learned about Universal at, on New Year's Eve is that when the fireworks start going off, if you want to go get a bunch of uh, rides in, you know, make your way because no one's waiting uh, in line to ride those rides. Uh, so we went over to the Woody Woodpecker ride, and she rode it like four times in a row, and she just had the, the best time. And now, she has ridden any roller coaster that we, any any park we go to, any roller coaster that's there, she rides them. Um, she she's done the Sky Coaster here at, at Wild Adventures several times, uh, wow. which, which I have never done because that's one of the things I still have not brought myself to to ride the the Sky Coaster because it it seems. Uh, I don't know, intense. It is still intimidating to me that that particular ride. Um, but she did it stone cold. Like she just went up there. They they counted it down. She didn't even crack a smile. She just stared off into the middle distance, um, which made me think that maybe I don't know. She she stared off like she was a murderer, like a serial killer, just like flying through the air, just stone faced. It was weird. 
but that's she had no fear about it like it was she just uh was it was able to approach it with uh without any trepidation at all wow that's impressive yeah i've noticed i mean i don't have kids myself but got friends who have kids and grandkids and you know you know cousins and you know nephews and and nieces and things like that and and it seems like in this day and age and maybe it's being able to watch POVs, maybe it's just because theme parks have become more and more popular over time, you know, that more and more families go when the kids are young. And, you know, like you said, you know, that by going when they're really young, they start facing their fears younger and they advance more quickly, you know, at younger ages to bigger and bigger rides. I mean, I, I have, you know, friends with kids and family with kids that where the kids are, they're not getting on a coaster, not because they're afraid of it, but because they're not quite tall enough yet. They're ready to ride. In fact, they get upset yep. if they're not tall enough and things like that. And I think that stuff's more becoming more common than say when you and I were kids. So that's cool to see that's with that that's within your family. Uh, and then, you know, you mentioned living with the land. So uh, there are some coaster enthusiasts out there. And for example, that would come to your park and they would just get on the coasters, you know, what, six or so, I think you guys have, and then leave. They wouldn't go to the animal exhibits. They wouldn't necessarily do the flat rides. They're just coasters only. Um, then you have coaster enthusiasts that are also theme park enthusiasts. And they, they like the animal exhibits and like the flat rides and, you know, and the dining experiences and the shows. And that's where I fall into. So I'm, I'm definitely a theme park enthusiast as well as a coaster enthusiast. And in fact, I prefer theme park experiences highly themed experiences over just going to like a, a Six Flags, you know, it's just a thrill park where it's, there's very little theming. And, you know, I, I prefer the quality and, and my, my favorite is where they, where they combine together, which is, a, you know, Universal Orlando is a perfect example of that, where it's highly themed as good as Disney in certain ways, even better, you know, like you look at Diagon Alley, for example, but they have high thrill coasters. I mean, things like the Hulk and Velocicoaster, and that's like the perfect storm for me. And, but all that said, I like the slower rides, the dark rides, and, you know, at Disney, uh, Living in the Land's a great ride. I love that ride. I go on, I've gone many times. Um, uh, one thing I'll ask you again, being a fan of that ride, have you been on that ride in the past few years during the holidays, like November, December? I, I feel like I must have, and I don't know if I remember it, um, I know I've done the behind the seeds tour twice. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But, but I can't quite remember if I've done the holidays or not. Okay, well, um, you maybe check with your wife after the interview. Okay. Yeah, she. I'm sure she'll remember. remember. Yeah, I'm sure she'll remember. But if you haven't, make sure you do it because uh, Disney World, unlike Disneyland, uh, Disney World doesn't necessarily go crazy with the holidays with decorations like Disneyland does. And, they don't do the overlays like Nightmare Before Christmas and Haunted Mansion. And the reason for that, I, I'm understanding, is because of all the international guests, they try to be more appealing. But they do holiday touches in certain places. And, and one of those where you can find some cool holiday touches is they add a lot of decorations to Living with the Land, to the, you know, the plants and the, the uh, you know, the, the structures that are inside there. And there's nice little Easter eggs. There's actually, it's a quite, a, quite an enhancement. It's not a small thing. So if you haven't seen it and you're there for the holidays, I recommend checking it out as a fan of that ride. So, well, I think now that I'm going to tell her, we're probably going to end up going there. We usually, if we go in uh, around Christmas, we're, we're hitting up magic kingdom. So, right. Uh, right. Now we'll just have to add. No, Epcot's worth doing too. Yeah. Epcot's worth doing too. The festival, of the holidays is great as well. And 
at that, that the festival that time of year and whatnot, but for sure, for sure. So, all right, well, very good. Well, I wanna kind of talk through a few other questions with you, kind of a little bit different, but still kind of that theme park time machine. And then we'll, then we'll talk about your, uh, your work there at Wild Adventures. So I know you're a scaredy cat, so you might have some interesting answers for this next question. Okay. So <laughs> what has been your craziest moment you've ever had on a ride? Let's see. Um, th th this one, I think it's going to feel like a dig, but it, re but it really isn't. And, and maybe it's not that crazy because I, I haven't had the, um, the sample size of, of ride experiences that probably others have had uh, to have sure. a crazy experience. Um, but uh, we went uh, when, when my son was, I think he would have been um, seven in uh, this was 2010 we went to the opening i think we were, it was the two weekends after the opening of uh, uh the wizarding world and so the oh, wow. forbidden journey um we waited six hours six hours to just get back there and then we had to wait another oh. two like yeah we we made a mistake friends of ours came with us and they just went and rode Spider-Man all afternoon, all, all day until about five o'clock in the afternoon when everybody can get in. We just spent all our day, you know, waiting in line. So, right. um, so it, it took forever to get in there and we probably waited a total of eight hours to actually get on uh, Forbidden Journey. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, a, and then he was seven at the time. So like, he's not, you know, the most patient person in the world. Right. Um, <laughs> So, and, and, you know, he was, he was getting into Harry Potter around that time. So, so he knew, you know, he knew everything about, you know, the characters and, and uh, particularly the Dementors and like, he, he knew what Dementors were and, and what they do. And so on, uh, you know, the, I hope I'm getting the name right, the Forbidden Journey, but the, you know, we, we know. The yes, right. that is the right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. So we're, we're in it and we're riding it and, you know, this is the second or third week of the, the ride. So they're still working out some kinks in this thing and right. we, we get stuck right at the part where the dementor is in your face and sucking out your soul so we're oh. there stuck for five seven minutes just with that sound. Right. and he is losing his mind because he feels like he is losing his soul oh um, no on this dementor and uh and, and then you know he ha he's only ridden a handful times a handful of time uh since you know he's you know almost 20 now and uh yeah that, that that's kind of one of the the craziest ones because i have such a small sample size but that's one that i still remember to this day that it just we just got stuck there and a dementor tried to uh you know take our souls forever i had no patronus no nothing to uh uh to save us uh to, to save us but uh yeah that was wow pretty no, that's, that's a pretty that's a pretty good story for that question um i've gotten stuck in that right i think twice now and uh not never stuck right there so that that i mean there are certain sections of that ride where if you got stuck it'd be kind of interesting another one would be you know those couple times where you're basically you know almost almost go upside down but not quite where you're on your back and start leaning backwards yeah. and you know with it with, the, with that big tree that's there uh you know i think it's a tree it looks like a tree but anyways um but yeah you know there's some unique places but yeah getting right where the dementor where they're sucking where they're sucking your soul out that's an interesting one so yeah wow okay that's a good story so talk to me tell me what your favorite theme park attraction is oh that's a tough one 
And yeah, I feel like I should have been better prepared for that. Uh, That's okay. So it's kind of good at getting off the cuff too. So. Now, you, you know, you know, I want, I want to say, you know, obviously then, you know, my attractions here at Wild Adventures are always my favorite because I enjoy them. Well, that's a good, that's a good answer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Perfect <laughs> answer. Um, but, but from a, from a, I think my favorite attractions are the, are the ones that have like nostalgic memories attached to them. And uh, probably for that reason, um, the, the 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 ride at uh the mr toad's wild wild ride i, I know that's that, that's a weird one to, to be like have an emotional attachment to but uh it's one of the ones i remember riding um you know with my parents when i was when i was a kid and when i moved from california to to south georgia and that that's a huge culture shock when you're a kid oh yeah um to, you know to, to move from you know essentially north la um to to, to south georgia and one of the things that I like lamented, you know, growing up in South Georgia, you know, for a while, you know, I was bitter about being here and, uh, <laughs> you know, I was like, the Dodgers aren't over here. There's no Disneyland. There's none of this stuff that I, that I, that I liked when I was a kid. Um, and, and for some reason I kind of attached myself to Mr. Toad's wild ride is like, even if we go to Disney world, they don't even have that here. Right. Um, and so right. like, I can't ride Mr. Toad's wild ride. So I just always had that kind of emotional attachment to that. Um, I, I think I even had like some Mr. Toad, um, like souvenir things. And w when I was a kid and the, you know, I would just have that stuff in my room. Um, and so in 2015, uh, when, when my wife and I got married, we went to, uh, to Anaheim, uh, I got to go to that ride again for the first time since I was a kid and wow. like walking into the to it and not really remembering what it was like you know to, to begin with and just having that experience all over again uh it was uh surprisingly emotional and uh <clears throat> and then it, it was just a lot of fun but of course the, the the kicker about that ride is so i'm riding with my wife i'm 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 having this like like emotional nostalgic feeling and at the end you're in hell and then that's it and that's <laughs> <the end>. so, <laughs> so it's a nice little punch there at the end <laughs> yeah, I know it's you know, bring up an interesting point as someone who lived in California for better part of two decades, basically 20 years, not quite, but close, uh, but grew up going to Disney World, grew up in New Jersey, and then now living here again in Florida, you know, you know, started off at Disney World as my home Disney park, so to speak. Disneyland became my home park for many years, and now back to Disney World, you know, everyone anyone that's a disney fan out there and i can talk about your your wife being a disney adult you know the the one of the common things you have to compare is disneyland versus disney world which one's better and all that and i would contest after having spent a lot of time as an adult in both parks both resorts that each has their advantages and you just touched upon one where it's actually not disney world disneyland is the one that still has mr toads a beloved yeah. classic dark ride you know, and Disney World does not, but, you know, Disney World has other things that Disneyland doesn't and all that. So, yeah, I totally get the sort of you moving to Georgia and being kind of bitter and that being one of the reasons that that totally makes sense. So, yeah. it makes I got sense over also. it. Like, yeah. I love, I love yeah, Georgia. You got over it, yeah. It took a while, but, but, I, but I got over it. Yeah, but that's a good favorite to have. That's a nostalgic favorite, absolutely. So, I'm guessing that none of the rides at Wild Adventures will be the answer to the next question, and that's okay. fine. <laughs> what is your least favorite theme park attraction? Oh, I God, I feel like as someone in the industry, like I, I don't want to answer that question. Um, let's see. And you, and you um, can opt out. We have had other 
um, industry, you know, people that work in the industry. Okay. For I, okay. So th this is industry adjacent and, but this okay. is absolutely the worst experience I've ever had on a ride. So I can, I can go ahead and do that. Well, I can give you two. I can okay. Give you two. Okay. I can give you two that that is just a straight up beloved ride that I have a terrible experience on every time. So, um, okay. The first, okay. the first one is when fa like I, when fairs come into town, like my wife likes going to the fairs, um, sure. and so we ride the the fair rides, and the zipper. Have you ever ridden the zipper? Uh, no, um, it's rare you see a zipper anymore. But uh, okay, when they were still around, like when I see, yeah, I not they just don't look fun to me. Uh, and you shouldn't always trust your gut on that because I got in one <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm in and it's just a metal roll cage. Like there's yep. no, there's no foam around. There's nothing at all to protect you from this like weird metal thing. And then they just flip you around. So like, I'm just in a fetal position the entire time. Like, hold oh on my gosh. for dear life. I was like, that, this was terrible. Why are we paying to do this? So um, right. yeah, that, that's the worst experience I've ever had on a ride. I just did not enjoy that at all. But okay, makes sense. The, the, the ride I, I like to ride the least at any theme park, um, and, we, and we have one here, uh, is a teacup ride. And oh, okay. what happens uh, when we go to Magic Kingdom is my, it's one of my wife's favorites. So we've got to ride it. And so she knows what's going to happen. She knows that I'm going to hunch down over myself. And she's going to take that wheel and spin it like a, an insane person <laughs> to see right. how fast she can go. And every single time, it, without fail, observers on the outer edge, are they zero in on me and they, they see what's happening to me and they just laugh. Like strangers oh. laugh at me at Disney World. Um, I've had people take, take videos of me, like just kind of like hunched over, just not enjoying myself. And uh, you can see like all the, the weird faces that I'm making while I'm trying to withstand the, <laughs> the surprising G-forces that I'm experiencing on the teacup ride. Um, and so, yeah, that, that, that's, the, that's the worst experience I, experiences I probably have. And then um, I guess you can relay that to, uh, it, it's not Mission Earth, it's a Mission Space at Epcot where- I was just thinking of that, yeah. Yeah, I, when I wrote it, I like I didn't understand it. I mean, that's one of the ones I guess I should have done some research on. Um, right. I didn't understand that I was just stepping into a centrifuge. Uh -huh. um, and so when it happened, I'm like, oh, that's what this was. No, thank you. Not doing that again. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that uh, funny. I was just talking over the weekend, talking to a friend of mine about that ride who's not been on it. And uh, it's one of my favorites because uh, I, I like spinning rides. It's another kind of ride mm -hmm. besides a coaster that I like. And uh, it's a remarkable ride because of how much it's what it simulates and how well it seems to simulate as someone who's not, you know, actually been on a real rocket, uh, of course. Um, but it's also remarkable because it's so intense. I mean, it is the most intense ride Disney ever built. And it's surprising given the market that Disney goes after and typically the kind of rides that they have that they would build a ride like that. Like Disney of today, I don't, would never build a ride like that. It just we'll see that. And I had the added like stress. I was like, I need to hit this button because I'm like the mission commander. I've got to, uh, <laughs> I don't want to mess this up for everybody. And like, I don't want to know like what, I didn't know if this was a choose your own adventure kind of thing. Like, like right, if, I, if right. I did it wrong, would, would I mess things up? I'm like, no, you're probably fine. They're just going to scramble your brain a little bit um, while, while they're doing this. But yeah, that, that, yeah. that was intense. Like I have not ridden that ride since. Um, I think one was enough for me, um, but 
uh, I definitely wasn't prepared for what I experienced. Completely understood. Completely understood. A lot of people, it's it's that ride is way too much for them. Even I even have coaster enthusiast friends, you know, that are thrill seekers. They will not go on that ride. So at least not the orange version, the the spinning version. So to totally understand. So thank you for you know, going through all of that and you know shared some interesting tidbits and I think maybe even learned a little bit about yourself in there too. Hopefully it sounds like. Uh, so now let's talk about where you work, which is Wild Adventures. So for for listeners that maybe aren't familiar with Wild Adventures, maybe not or have not been to or from this part of the country, tell us about Wild Adventures. Tell us what it is. Well, Wild Adventures is, a, is certainly like a fun and unique place. Uh, one of the things that makes it special, um, apart from other regional parks our size, is its history. Like Wild Adventures started as a petting zoo. Uh, it, it really was just a farm out in the middle of a swampland. And uh, around 1994, uh, mm. the, the founder, Ken Bisher, uh, he um, he had like these structures on his, his property that he would let people come and like play music. He, he would let businesses come and do kind of like team building exercises on and they would have have like convention like parties and Christmas parties and things like that. And so he started kind of like building on on that business and seeing what he could do with it. Um, and so he first built like a little convention meeting space that that people would come in and, and, and have their business parties in. And then there was a traveling carnival for a while um, in in this area, and they used his land in the off season to just kind of park their rides. And they got together and they're like, hey, well, since they're here, let's, um, why don't we like open them on the weekends and, and let people uh, come pay to ride them since they're just parked here. So he did that for a while. And then he um, started opening up his petting, like his, his farm for people to come and see the goats and the cows. And they would do school field trips and all that. Um, and so for, for a couple of years from like 94 to 96, uh, there were a couple of different things happening that kind of like sparked some um, um, thinking on his part on what he could do with, with that business. And so around 1996 is when he really kind of opened everything. I'm like 95, 96. And there, there, just the other day, we found that someone had uploaded to YouTube um, a eight minute promotional video from around that time uh, where Ken's uh -huh. discussing and you see what the park was in the mid nineties. And it's, it's very much animal focused. So there's, like, a, a, like he brought in a rhinoceros, he brought in giraffes and you would get on these Jeeps and you would kind of go through the park. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember seeing ads. We lived in uh, St. Mary's in Kingsland, Georgia, which is just above Jacksonville when I was a kid. And I remember seeing ads for Wild Adventures around 95 and 96. And I was like, what is this place? Like well, in Valdosta, like Valdosta was just, you know, not a place that you would go to, to, you know, have fun necessarily. Uh, <laughs> right. So, uh, just seeing what he was, what, what, what he was starting to build was really taking shape. And around 96, um, he changed the name from Liberty farms, uh, to, to wild adventures. And then it really started to ramp up after that. Like, uh, in, in 98, he put in the first roller coaster, which is the boomerang, which is behind me. Um, and, uh, he started to put more rides in, and put in more animal attractions. He brought in shows. And from about 96 to about 2002, there was this period of like extreme rapid growth um, that, that um, I don't know, I, I don't want to say the word unprecedented. You know, people grow um, rapidly all the time, but certainly for this area um, where 
there are no other attractions. But Wild, Wild Adventures is, is so unique in that when you go to, to other regional parks our size across the country, those are um, still destination markets. Like you'll still see other attractions that are around that area. Right. And for us, like we're, we're it. There, there is no other attraction uh, here. Uh, so when you're coming to Valdosta to, to, as a destination, you're coming to Valdosta to come to Wild Adventures. Like we're, uh, we're, we're, the, we're the, the game in town. And so to have that as a um, kind of like a quality of life for the people in this area, like, like that, that addition to their quality of life is, is pretty fun and unique for everyone in this area, you know, from like a two hour radius, um, their first roller coaster ride is probably wild adventures. The, the, the first time they ever went to a zoo is probably wild adventures. And that's been happening for uh, two generations now. And to see how the park has grown and uh, continue to make improvements and continue to make investments in uh, kind of our, our, our core pillars, which are, you know, we have the, the rides, we have the water park and we have the animals. And we also have concerts too that, that, that have been going on for, for 25 years. And pretty much anybody that's uh, made a name for themselves at some point, they have come through Wild Adventures. Uh, I have a photo somewhere in my office of Beyonce riding the firecracker. So, uh, you know, Beyonce has <laughs> been here too. too. Uh, so um, it, it's, a, it's just a wonderful place uh, to be. And it's, it's something that is unexpected. Uh, you know, when you come to Wild Adventures, you have to drive down four miles of undescript road off the interstate. Like you feel like as soon as you pull off the interstate, you're like, is this right? Like, is this right? Where I'm right, supposed to be? Right. And you drive for four miles and then suddenly, boom, there's a giant American flag and, and there's uh, there's wild adventures. And to just have this um, property just sitting out in the middle of nowhere uh, is one of the many things that makes it unique. It, it makes it special. And it, uh, it it's one of the things that makes coming to work today a lot of fun or coming to work every day a lot of fun. Because not everybody gets to do that. Not everybody gets to, uh, like, if I wanted to, tomorrow morning, I could come to work and uh, go hang out with a baby sloth, which I do frequently. And th that's something that in South Georgia, you don't, you don't get to go see exotic animals. You don't get to go do those kind of things. It's, it's not really available to you, except it is here. And it's one of the things that makes working here really great. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And thanks for describing that, going through some of the history. And yeah, I mean, again, I mentioned earlier, I love animals and I love sloths. I got to meet an adult sloth years ago at SeaWorld San Diego, uh, just just by chance. It wasn't even part of a show. I just, uh, I was with her there with a friend. We were talking to a trainer who was tending to the sloth that was there. And she enjoyed talking to us. She said, hey, would you like to come meet the sloth? And But a baby sloth, that would be, that'd be amazing. And um, you know, like, like I said, I've never been to Wild Adventures, but I have friends that have uh, done promotional uh, filming there for you guys, you know, professional filming and, and uh, ski visuals and, and um, you know, they've shown me things from there. And of course, our own founder and other executive producer, David, has been there and loved it. So definitely going to check it out one day. And um, yeah, like you said, you know, Valdosta, it's off the 75, Interstate 75. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one thing it's got going for it. It's off a major interstate, but there's not much there. It's not a, it's not a city. I mean, it's not a big city. No skyscrapers, you know, it's just a small little town. And yeah, I remember um, I, I drove David uh, to and from Wild Adventures. I had to work that day, so I couldn't join him, but I didn't, I was his taxi. 
And yeah, you are not exaggerating. It's, you know, you mm-hmm. get off I-75 and you're still driving for several miles in the middle of nowhere. Um, and there's that, there's your, your charming park there, right there. So it's very unique in that regard. So, yeah, thanks for that description. So I, you know, I think you've kind of already sort of answered my next question, which is what sets Wild Adventures apart from other, other theme parks, I mean, and other amusement parks. Was there anything else you would add in, in response to a question like that? Or is that pretty much? Well, I think one of the things that for me, um, when, when I think about what is different about Wild Adventures from going to the other parks that I enjoy going to, um, because, you know, if, if I go to, to Universal or if I go to Disney, I know what kind of experience I'm getting and I know I enjoy that experience. But when I go to Wild Adventures, I know I enjoy that experience, too. But it is different. Like, so so what 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 makes that um what what makes it different and for us a lot of it has to do with our team members and the relationships they build with their guests so when you're at, at disney world you're you're talking about uh, people are coming from all over the world and in you you're talking millions of people who, who are filtering in in and out of there every year um there's very little time um even for people who live in orlando for the the um the team members and 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 some of the bigger parks and the bigger cities to make connections with their guests repeatedly over time and at wild adventures uh, we have the opportunity to do that and you know i'm i'm not um in the park every day i'm not somebody that in you know interacts with guests on a daily basis but even i have um developed relationships with guests that i see uh in our park because they visit so often so uh, we have a very strong season pass program. We have people in in, the, in our community that come see us every weekend, or or they we have folks that come here every day during the summer, and <clears throat> you get to have that kind of family relationship with your guest, where you're kind of welcoming welcoming them over to your house a little bit. So it's it's a definitely a different dynamic. It's a, it's it's friendlier. It's more. Um, you know, it, it's engaging, it's less transactional. Um, it, it, it's more like, Hey, we we're open for the morning. We're glad you guys are here. Like, uh, we, we were waiting for you like, uh, come have a good time. And, uh, you know, we're going to try to make sure that, uh, uh, that you have a good day. So it, I know that's kind of intangible, but it's one of the things to me that, that, that kind of sets wild adventures apart is those relationships, uh, that we build with our guests and that's by design, our whole mission is to to create memories worth repeating because we want you to have a good time but we want you to come back and do it again uh, we want you to to enjoy the the time you had so much that you want to repeat it uh, and so that familiar friendly family approach that we take uh, is, is definitely on purpose oh that's great and it sounds like a formula for success and you know i've been to some smaller parks whether it be you know a theme park or you know some park where it's got rides but also been to some very small animal parks mm-hmm. uh, one here in florida and one in Arizona and other places and i know what you're talking about because i've had similar experiences at places like that where it is more personal you know where the shows instead of being hundreds or even over a thousand people at say a sea world you know, or, which has great shows. Uh, whereas at a park like yours, at a size, you know, it might be a few dozen people, and you get to, you know, interact with the trainers and talk to them, and 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 you know, before and after the show, during the show, and you know, and just spend more, have more face time with the employees of the park that work with the animals and work there in general. So I I know exactly what you're talking about, and it's a great experience. It's very different from 
going to a Universal or Disney or a SeaWorld. So I get it. You know, I think I have a great example of of what I was trying to to explain. The so so like parades. Parades are always a big part of a theme park experience. Um, I love going to parades in Orlando and the other parks. Our parades here at Wild Adventure are a little different, and I think they speak to uh, the mission that we have. So our parades, um, and we'll have one this Friday night. Um, we don't really have floats. We we have performers. Um, that that play we we have a, like a drum line that goes through. We have people with like glow sticks, but we invite kids and their families to be <laughs> part of the parade. We give them uh, like different things that they can hold and, and be a part of noisemakers and things like that. There's little carts that you can get in and you can push around. And so it becomes like the energy of those parades are just uh, kind of overwhelming, especially during our, our great pumpkin luminites event uh, in the fall, because the kids themselves get so jazzed about them being the stars. They're the stars of the parade. It's not a, a float that we've put out there that they're going, oh, look, that's pretty cool. They're the, in the parade and other people are looking at them saying, oh, that's pretty cool. And so th that's a unique experience that they'll, that they'll take with them and they'll remember for a while. And I think it is a great example of what sets us apart where, um, you know, from, from other park experiences because it's really the guests that we're focusing on and, and the memories we wanna create for them. Now that's fantastic. I never thought about a parade at a park before being one where it can be interactive like that. Uh, that's that's a great product of or you know, great example of where you guys kind of have that more immersive, more personal experience because you know things are at a smaller scale. I mean, obviously, you know, if if a Disney were to do that, it, it would just wouldn't work. You know, you'd have to sign up, you know, maybe it could work. You have to sign up in advance. You have to pick certain people. And, you know, it's not like where it can be people can just volunteer and just ad hoc, like the do your park. That's really fantastic. I like that. That's awesome. So for you in your role and you're in both, you know, sales and marketing, what is a typical day like for you at Wild Adventures? <laughs> You know, I, I, like strangely, I've gotten asked that question a lot and I always have terrible answers for them. Because uh, usually... <laughs> Usually when I go home at night, you know, my wife or my kids will ask me, like, what'd you do today? And I'm like, I did a lot today, and I don't know if I can explain any of it like, or remember what I did. Um, my, my role here at Wild Adventures is kind of interesting because it is very different every single day. There, there's, there's constantly um, different things that you have to, uh, to do. So, like, normally a day, like, if I come in on Monday, I'm, I'm checking my emails, I'm um you know going over advertising budgets going over you know campaigns that we're working on um you know reviewing you know things with our, our social media coordinator looking at at sales to see how things are going um but then i'll have a day like today where i didn't do any of that stuff i spent my entire day traveling with the harlem globetrotters uh around <laughs> town uh, setting up different events uh, so they can uh, meet members of the community. We went to the uh, Moody Air Force Base with Globetrotters today, and they uh, did a special showcase uh, for um, airmen's uh, families and their kids. And then uh, we went to the flight line, and I got to hang out next to uh, a jet and watch the Harlem Globetrotters do um, ball tricks in front of a, um, a warthog uh, jet and that that was kind of a surreal experience. I'm like, okay, I'm doing that today. Uh, and then we went uh, across town to the uh, the Sheriff's Boys Ranch, which is a uh, home here in Valdosta, well, an organization here in Valdosta that um, provides um, education and a home uh, for 
for for trouble not not necessarily trouble youth but 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 youth um who may not have anywhere else to go and mm-hmm. so the harlem globetrotters went there and uh, spent some time with them and, and and you know signed autographs and and did a showcase and you know that's the other side of the job where i got to spend an entire day um making other people's days better and i got to hang out with the globetrotters which is pretty cool uh, so yeah, so every day is, is wildly different tomorrow. Um, I may, I may end up, um, taking media out to go meet our, our rhinoceros and I'll get to pet a rhinoceros, uh, the, you know, tomorrow <laughs> afternoon. Uh, but then the next day it may be back-to-back meetings, uh, for, for, for seven hours. So it, it varies wildly from day to day. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. That sounds like some uh, fun things you mentioned earlier. On top of what you just mentioned, that you know you can uh, get interact with a baby sloth and the other animals there, and and that's that sounds really fun to me. So it sounds like you get to do some fun and interesting things as part of your role, which is that's pretty cool. So I like, yeah, like uh, like I I expect um, we're we're getting close to our our fall events, so I expect that I'll get to taste test uh, a lot of new foods. Uh, uh, I, so I'll get to enjoy that. Um, and then, uh, you know, every now and then we'll, our, our maintenance department will come by and be like, all right, it's time to do ride tests today. Uh, anybody want to <laughs> hop on a ride? And we're like, okay, I guess, uh, I'm going to drop this zoom call I'm doing and go ride a couple roller coasters for a little bit and, uh, make sure we're all good there. So yeah, every day is, is just, it, it can be very strange and weird, but it's a lot of fun. That's great. I love it. I love all that. So speaking of positive things, what would you say? We talked about your favorite attraction in general earlier, but what would you say is your favorite attraction at Wild Adventures? Favorite attraction at Wild Adventures, the one that I spend the most time on is Swamp Thing. Uh, that is a roller coaster. I, I know it, ha- it has a name, you know, the, I, I know it's an off the shelf ride that we've themed off and I can't remember the name of it. Um, right. But it's, I think the reason I like it so much is because when I ride it, it is, it's definitely, it's a family coaster. It is every kid in this area. It is their very first roller coaster, the very first big boy roller coaster or big kid roller coasters, what I would call that. Uh, Right. So when you ride it, you're riding it with other like kids that are like six to eight years old and they are having the time of their lives. They're having like the best time they've ever had. And Mm -hmm. the swamp thing um on its first big descent it goes right over uh, our alligator exhibit or one of our alligator exhibits that has a 12 foot long alligator in it and you can see it as see the alligator as you're descending so it looks like mm. you're about to crash right into the alligator exhibit <laughs> on so it, it's got that fun little little, little twist in there but to, to just have and it's just a smooth fun ride um, and now that I'm getting older, the more intense roller coasters I ride, uh, the more headaches I get afterwards. So right. that's that I know I can, uh, I can safely walk away from. Um, but just the energy on that ride is always really cool. Uh, so I like to go and spend time there. That's very cool. Yeah, that um, you mentioned Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is a Vacoma uh, uh, suspended is. family coaster. So it's basically, uh, you mentioned Boomerang earlier, which is in your background. Boomerang's the Vacoma coaster, but that's got inversions. That's definitely more of an adult coaster and for kids that are brave uh, versus uh, Swamp Thing is a suspended family coaster. It uh, doesn't have any inversions. And it's, a, you know, again, like you said, it's a great big boy coaster kind of getting to, you know, going from a, 
a wacky worm or a, you know a um, uh, uh, a dragon coaster, dragon wagons they call them. You know, it's a really you know kids coaster. You know, it's the next step up to more adult like coasters. So I, I get get why uh, you described it that way and Len like it that way. That's pretty cool that it goes over the water and down by the gators. That's got to be fun for the kids. As you described, that's awesome. Yeah, you, you can always hear them saying like, oh, I see the gator or they point to it and like, oh, there's the gator. Um, or you hear kids that are brought their friends with them to the park that haven't been before. And they're like, oh, you got to wait till you see the gator. Like there's, there's always just a really fun energy around it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that sounds fun. That's fun. So yeah, here we are in the summer here. Um, can you share any information about any upcoming uh, changes, new attractions that might be coming to Wild Adventures, something, the next big thing. Have any, any hints for us or anything you can talk about? Well, gotcha. And like, I, I, I can give you hints, but, but that's about it. <laughs> what, what that's are the okay. Things, we like hints. Gotcha. Um, one of the things that, that, that's been um, interesting here over the last couple of years is like 2019 was Wild Adventures' best year ever. Um, in the history of, of our park, 2019 was the best year we ever had. And uh, so going into 2020, we had very big plans of what was going to happen next. And then uh, so those very big plans did not come to fruition uh, thanks to uh, 2020. Um, So we had to like, you know, step back and punt and we're kind of moving back into that direction now of of what we want to do. And so we have a a 10 year plan lined up. Um, We are uh, investing in the park with you know, in 19, we built a brand new area of the park that uh, it's called Discovery Outpost. And for those uh, who are familiar with the history of the park, the going into Wild Adventures didn't always have the best um, first impression. There was a, a soft play pit there. Um, it was like a playground structure. And so it's, it's kind of underwhelming. It, it was underwhelming when you first would walk into the park and that was kind of the first thing you would see. And so we got rid of all that and we built this new area that has a... Um, a huge alligator exhibit with a uh, gator bridge that you can walk over the alligator exhibit, uh, like a rope bridge. Um, So it's a little like kind of, you know, kids being brave, they can walk over it. And it it really um, made a much better statement. uh, uh, And it looked a lot more impressive than what the old entrance used to look like. And so that was kind of a, not really a test, but more of a, Hey guys, this is where we're going. Like we, we are investing in this park. We are, we are, you know, we've been here for 25 years and we're going to continue to grow and, and make additions and and changes to this park. And so we did that in uh, last year when we celebrated our 25th anniversary, we added a new section to the park called Liberty farms, which was a expansion of our petting zoo. And it was also a, a nod to our beginnings. Uh, so now you can go to Liberty Farms Petting Zoo. This year we added um, a new um, uh, restaurant called Brews and Bites. So now we we sell locally brewed beer here at, here at Wild Adventures, which is not something we've done before. And so every year we've made changes, but this year we are getting ready to announce um, an overhaul of one of our areas um, that will really start to kick off kind of a domino effect of changes that will really reshape wild adventures uh, over over the next, uh, you know, five to six years. And so while I can't really talk too much about what those things are, uh, to, to say that I'm excited about them is a bit of an understatement because I've, 
you know, I've lived here in, in Valdosta since 2002. Um, so I was here at, with Wild Adventures when it was really hitting that, that growth point. Um, and then, so I've always been a fan. Like my, my kids have, have grown up uh, attending this park and all their first rides and roller coasters were at this park. But now to be part of the team and uh, to be part of the team that's uh, helping ushering, usher it into a new era is super exciting. And uh, the, the, the plans that I'm privy to and the, the things that I've seen and, and the discussions that I've been a part of um, are uh, something I'm definitely looking forward to. So, yeah, can't give you too many details, but all I can say is that we're going to make an announcement uh, later on this year um, about some new additions. And those announcements will continue to roll out next year. That's great. That's exciting. And um, I'm not surprised because uh, as someone that obviously, you know, podcast here and just being an enthusiast of theme parks and coasters in general you know i follow the parks and what they're doing and follow trends and, and notice trends and uh you know I, uh, I i love cedar fair for example uh just was spent this past weekend uh holiday weekend uh at um king's island the whole weekend I had a great time i've been there multiple times before but one thing about king's island and one thing about cedar fair in general is they've they've kind of slowed down their and this started even before the 2020 and the pandemic. This started before that. Uh, now that things may change now that they're selling California's Great America and, and you know, actually already sold it and getting over $300 million from that, and then start to invest again. But they're an example of, of a chain that's not been investing so much. But on the flip side, Hershen, you know, they have been investing in their parks. Uh, you know, they've got projects that, you know, if I was talking to your counterparts at Dollywood or Silver City, they wouldn't be able to say anything, but it's obvious things are happening. You know, there's there's building and land clearing stuff going on, and that's all we can talk about at this point, and that's exciting. And I know Kentucky Kingdom, I say getting anything new, that it, it's apparent, but I know there's been a lot of beautification of that park and, and so forth, and it's less of a concrete jungle as it was prior to the acquisition by Hershen. So there's definitely investment um, in, a, you know, in other parks as well in the chain as well. So... You know, I'm not surprised that they're investing in in wild adventures, and that's exciting. We're curious to see as as my home Hershen Park. You know, you guys are certainly the closest of all the Hershen parks. I'm I'm curious. You guys are only three hours away. Curious to see what happens. That's exciting. So thanks for sharing. Now you mentioned earlier um, that you have your great pumpkin lumen lights for the fall, and I recognize that term, that name from Dollywood. So is that something that's new to Wild Adventures recently or is that something you've been doing for a while now? Well, it, it was something that we were, the plan was to debut it back in 2020. Um, and then we didn't get to end up doing that. Um, but we debuted it last year. Um, and it, it, it's kind of interesting because we had a scare event here at Wild Adventures that for, for years, you know, as long as Wild Adventures has been here, there has been some sort of scare event. And in 2020, we had to retire um, Terror in the Wild uh, due to um, like COVID rules and social distancing. We weren't quite sure we could, I know some other parks were able to make it happen. We didn't really right. feel confident that we would be able to, to, to meet those requirements with that event. So we had to, to, to like pull it off our calendar. We replaced it uh, on a lark. Um, we, we knew we needed to have some sort of festival uh, that year. And so um, people were throwing out ideas like, um, how about we do a, like a pumpkin harvest festival, do something about fall. And then I said jokingly, like, oh, why don't we just have a pumpkin spice festival? And then that's what ended up happening. Uh, oh, 
So we ended up doing a, a, a pumpkin spice festival as a food festival. The first, we've never done a food festival here at the park before. And it ended up being incredibly successful at a time where uh, other parks our size were, were struggling uh, to, to, get a, to get attendance. We were doing very well um, in, in comparison. And that was something that was surprising even to us. And so um, in 2021, last year, we, we, we brought that pumpkin spice festival with us. But as more of a secondary to the Great Pumpkin Luminites, which is um, a, a Hershend event, uh, you, you see that at, at Dollywood, you'll see it at Silver Dollar City. Um, uh, I believe, um, I'm trying to remember if they've made the announcement yet, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut about that. Um, but, uh, but, but they do exist at, at, at uh, other properties in, in Hershend. But, uh, okay, like, got it. And, and uh we debuted ours last year and it was awesome. Uh, it, it was, we've got these giant pumpkin sculptures that are, that are, that are put up throughout the park. And we've got these new lights that are, that are really illuminating the park and what it felt like to me, um, you know, being here at wild adventure since 2017, it was the best our park has ever looked. And it was so wow. nice to see it was the, it was so awesome to be here at night and to just see um, everybody having a good time and to see what the park um, can look like at its best. And so we're doing that again this year. We've got some expansions to it that, that we're adding, and, and that's our plan uh, moving forward with Great Pumpkin Luminites is to continue expanding that every year until eventually those um, displays and installations kind of take over the whole park. So you'll spend your entire day at Wild Adventures just kind of enjoying that um, that Luminites experience while you're enjoying some nice pumpkin spice treats. So uh, that'll kick off in uh, September 23rd. That's fantastic. And as someone who's uh, not been to that, but has been to that celebration equivalent at Dollywood, uh, first, my first visit ever to Dollywood was in late September of last year. And uh, I was, you know, I, I'm a big fan of haunts, by the way. I probably would have loved your, your, your scare uh, attraction. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but never got to experience that. But, you know, granted, Dollywood doesn't do that, but I, you know, still like the lighter side of the family sites. This is beautiful. You know, like you said, the pumpkins and the lighting. So be, maybe I can check that out, um, you know, one of these uh, fall, you know, maybe this fall or coming up here at, at your park. That sounds lovely. So uh, last couple of questions here. So, you know, in the first half of the interview, we talked about what I have coined your, your fear journey. And mm -hmm. I kind of helped you prove that you've actually made some improvements in your life and facing fear. And you're not maybe as much of a scaredy cat as you used to be, which is great. Um, and, you know, given our focus on helping people have more positive experiences, both at the parks, but even outside the parks, you know, improving the impact of fear and anxiety and any kind of negative thoughts and whatnot on people's lives. Do you have any final bits of advice that you'd like to give those that are listening? Well, the, like, that's a really big, big question there, Andrew, uh, to, to throw a life advice to everybody. Um, <laughs> I, I rarely feel qualified to give anybody advice on anything. Um, I, I, I think for me personally, though, um, one of the things that I, like, I try to do, um, I, and, and of course, uh, I fail at it all the time, and, and, and that is to just be um, gracious and, and to have grace with, with people. The, right. the thing that I've, that I've learned, I think the, the lesson that I have with me almost all the time is that whenever you're interacting with somebody um, and you're not having 
like they, they're either you know like from an like let's say from like a manager standpoint like if i'm i'm working with uh, uh the people who work for me um i've never found that yelling at someone or getting on to someone or you know just being mean to someone whether it's they work for me or not uh ever does anything positive like it, it never results in me getting what i want or what i need and it never results in that person um that i'm interacting with um you know getting what they want or what they need or the or improving the situation whatsoever so uh showing grace with people and you know just being kind really uh is kind of like a guiding principle for me that i feel like in the conversations that that, that we've had today um and then the conversation i had with with david before uh, the show began um to, to me it kind of kind of goes back to that if you're just kind with people and kind with yourself uh then things tend to get a little easier things tend to get a little better and you reduce conflict you reduce fear um it's probably a lot easier for you to face your fears when you're kinder with yourself um in, in many situations so i guess uh, my rambling incoherent response would just be to be kind to people uh and then i think you'll see some results with it well um i have to say as as often as the case uh, pretty much always uh that is a unique piece of advice that no previous guest even though we've been here well into our second season you know, interviewed over 50 guests now uh approaching 100 actually uh and uh no one's given that advice before but it's fantastic advice especially in this day and age in the, in the world, you know, coming out of COVID with the stress of the economy and, you know, political things are, are very, very, you know, uh, lit up and, you know, it causes, you know, stress between people and conflict between people. It seems like there's more conflict in life and more negativity and people not being nice to each other. So especially in that, guys, in light of that, I think that's great advice for all of us. So I appreciate that, Adam. So last but not least, uh, if you could please share, and this could be for you personally, if, if you'd like to share, but of course, especially for Wild Adventures, the park that you work for, um, how people can, can look up information online, whether it be a social media, website, uh, you know, YouTube, whatever it may be, please share away. Gotcha. Well, of course, we would love for you to visit wildadventures.com. You can learn all about the park there. Uh, we've got a great website that tells you everything you need to know. Um, you can follow us on social media, uh, facebook.com slash wildadventures. Um, I think I will mess up our Instagram uh, handle because I think there's a dash in there or an underscore, and I don't quite remember where it is. But of course, all those links are at the bottom of our webpage. So uh, really, all you really need to remember is uh, wildadventures.com. Great. Yeah, that webpage is a one-stop shop to get to everything, which is perfect. Excellent. And that's at the bottom. Everything's at the bottom of the page, you said? Yeah, all, all those social media links are just right there at the bottom. Makes sense. That's pretty typical. That's awesome. Great. Well, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. It's been a nice journey and uh, learned some things about your park and about yourself. And uh, appreciate your time again. And uh, good luck with the improvements you guys are working on. I'm excited to see what happens in the years to come. Well, thanks, guys. This has been a fun and unique experience, and, uh, and, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Our pleasure. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to see more of us, we upload every Friday. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. 
Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today.